Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for all things in that galaxy far, far away. Uh, everything from Youngblood, Fennec Shand to old school Cad Bane, we've got you covered here on the Outer Rim Beacon. My name is Justin. I'm one of your hosts here of the show. Uh, joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and um, I wanted to call you a little lady and I, like Cad Bane, but I, it didn't seem right, and now here I am. Uh, uh, this is kyle and josh i now i want to hear you call justin a little lady it's the only thing i can think about it's gotta be the best cad bane voice though yeah i I don't know that you can't pull it this is caleb doom little lady And this is Maggie, who is requesting that Josh make one of those little face things that he pulled out on the live stream of Cad Bane saying little lady to Justin. (laughs) Josh has a new toy, apparently, that none of us like saw coming on the live stream and just blindsided us with a Caleb Doom in a a mace. I'm Um, the funny one, Justin. You know that. Uh, from uh, uh, Caravan of Courage, so Kyle's uh, favorite yeah. movie of all time. That was uh, <laughs> it was a crazy, crazy live stream um, Friday night, but it was a lot of fun to do. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Bad Batch. We had n- hardly any Rihanna talk, which was amazing. Uh, you know, because we had amazing. Uh, yeah, Is that the word you meant? I don't think that on. word means what you think it means. <laughs> because we had you two on, and we didn't get derailed onto this <laughs> other thing. We were talking derailed. <laughs> oh, you! Sorry you for just being entertaining, wait. Justin. Just wait till next week, sir. You oh, just wait, man, man. Sorry for partying. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, Josh I always like, welcome our the queen and savior, and Rihanna. Thank you. <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love teasing these guys because they get they get they get so agitated. It's fun. It's funny. I'll show you agitated. Yeah, you say, narc. You wise guy. Uh, but yeah, we had a lot of fun Friday night. We did talk. We we did throw in a few Rihanna mentions in there. Not many. Uh, we did talk bad bad. And we enough, did play please. a game. Uh, we did play a game on Friday night. So. Congratulations uh, to our two winners, Camose and Dale, I believe, right? Uh, they are taking home a six-inch six inch Black Dale. Series. Yeah, it's crazy uh, that he Fett. tuned in. Yeah, six-inch Black Big Series fan. Boba Fett and a, a vintage collection Boba Fett for our first and second place winners. So. It was a fantastic. It was. It was uh, Bounty Hunter-centric because that's what our Bad Batch episode was. It was very Bounty Hunter-centric. So um, it was fitting. It was fitting. But yeah. uh, It was fitting. Yeah, yeah. Um, before Whoa. we get into a little oh, bit of... Grown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the dad jokes run rampant on this show. They're just everywhere. for me. I know. Why is that? I don't know. Um, but before we... We got a little bit of news to, to cover this week. But before we dive into that, we're going to talk about something that we always do. Mm, 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 mm. Little celebration the action. Uh, the deuce. We're at forty-seven what, weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, so it's, 47. it's it's getting there, little by little. Um, you know, I'm uh, saving up, trying to save up wherever I can. Uh, you know, but I tell you, people, when you get it, like a little five dollars here and there, put it in an envelope, hide it away somewhere. Um, it adds I've up. I've been doing the exact opposite. I've been buying prequel era <laughs> toys on auctions. Yeah, I, you um, you know, you it, like if you get an extra dollar, two dollars, five dollars, whatever it is, seriously, just throw it in a Manila envelope or a white envelope or something like that, and throw it somewhere where you can't get at it. Do you get actual physical cash? Sometimes, like, well, because I, yeah, I I don't I, ever I do some teaching, so when I do private lessons, I do get cash. So oh. for me, it's the easiest thing to take that cash, just put it somewhere that's out of sight, out of mind, and then I don't have to worry about it. And then I don't spend it either it's because it's not interest. attached to any cards, right? Because if it goes into my bank account, I'm probably going to spend it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It just goes right out. Um, so save a little bit of money. It's good advice because no matter how much money you take to celebration with you, you're going to wish you had some more. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Um, and whether it's cash or not, you know, you take it to the bank before you leave, put it in your account and then you don't have to carry it with you. So, um, it just, for me, for me personally, it just having like the physical separated from what is digital is much, much easier for me to not spend than if it's all loaded up on my cards and stuff, you know what I mean? So I go, Ooh, look at that new hot toys, uh, Mandalorian and Grogu that just came out. Even though I have two of them already, I probably don't need a third. Oh, let's go ahead and purchase. Let's not do that. So when it's in cash, I don't do that. Yeah. When it's in cash, I don't do that. So, um, but yeah, we do have uh, a little bit of news to kind of discuss today. We did have a couple releases of some super cool toys. Um, Hot Toys did release a 1-6 scale, speaking of Mando and Kroku, which is like the special deluxe set. Uh, beautiful. Double secret deluxe. Yeah, it's... Um, it, it's nice because the, like the armor is actually like a chrome plated armor now instead of just shiny metal. It was different on their deluxe version. Um, and this version actually comes with a Beskar spear. It comes with the dark saber. It comes with Boba Fett's jet pack and like that pack that goes on the big the net thing he's fight. carrying. It yeah, on. That, yeah. yeah. Um, it had all of that with it, and uh, they did release a, a swoop bike, which I'm going to guess is roughly three hundred dollars. I didn't get any prices on either, but I'm going to guess Mando, Mando, and Grogu are probably two hundred eighty, three hundred dollars, and then the swoop bike's probably three hundred plus. So um, they are not cheap. Uh, but again, yeah, they've released three or four versions of Mando already. So I have two. I have the original armor and then the Beskar armor and I was like I don't need a third. So I'm good. Um they iron Way to show some restraint, Justin. I did I'm show impressed. restraint. I I did not need another one. <laughs> I was like I'm good. Um Iron Studios released a a bunch of cool new okay, statues. one tenth sale one tenth scale statues. Um on Maggie's Christmas list for those listening, um if you want to buy her an early Christmas present it is the Fennec and Boba on uh, Bib Fortuna's throne, Jabba's throne. What do we call it? Their them? throne. They're, it's their throne now. Um, but they released the a really throne. cool one-tenth scale statue of those two from the end of uh, Mandalorian as we go into Book of Boba Fett. So that one was really cool. I believe there's a, a, a clone commander Obi-Wan that they released. There is a Bo-Katan statue that they released. There's a a uh, baby Grogu sitting on the, I don't even know, the temple rock, like communing, uh, uh, one tenth scale. All it's really, really Luke. cool. Yeah, it's, it's all really, really cool stuff. Um, go check out Iron Studios. No price is released on those yet, um, but they are out there. Uh, we did get a little bit of news on the publishing side. We got the remaining three covers for uh, books that are the re-released paperback books. Is that right? Yes, um, from Del Rey. The, yeah, from Del Rey. There is one for Heir to the Empire. Um, there is one for Dark Force Rising. And the other one is The Last Command, I believe. And one's got like a Mar Jade on the front. Um, she does have a green lightsaber. Anybody else notice that? Mm-hmm. She's supposed to have a green light. I thought it was purple. No, but is it Luke's maybe? Oh, yeah, I thought it was. I can't, I can't see the hilt. I can't see the hilt. It's pretty dark. It's kind of covered up. So I thought so. she uses his saber in that book, but it's oh, been a hundred be. years since I read it. Yeah, same here. But um, yeah, so those three came out. Um, new covers. They look great. I mean, they're good looking covers. Um, so go out and pick those up. I think those are the other two are available in September, coming out in September. So you got a, another month or two before that hits. Um, we did get an update too on the Rogue Squadron writer. Uh, one of those is Matthew Robinson, I believe, who's been mm-hmm. named to help write the script for the Rogue Squadron movie that is directed by Patty Jenkins, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes, so and that is allegedly going into pre-production like this fall uh, with the shooting in 2022. So we are not long until we get a new Star Wars movie. We are finally getting back to theater stuff, movies. Um, 
things on the big screen TV production of shows. I, you know, I'm excited for it. At the same time, I was kind of, I was a little disheartened. Uh, Harrison Ford. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yes. He was injured Very on the filming injury. of Indiana Jones. Um, hope everything is okay there. I, from what I gather, they had to stop production for quite a bit of time at this point. So I don't know how severe the injury was or what happened, but um, hopefully he heals okay and can get back to shooting soon. Cause um, I'm kind of interested in seeing what uh, the fifth Indiana Jones installment looks like. I, I was not a super big fan of the fourth one. Um, so Neither was South uh, Park. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I saw that one, but now I'm going to go check it out. Uh, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I mean, I like the first three. I, th- I still think uh, Last Crusade was probably one of my favorites. Um, but uh, hopefully, hopefully he's okay and can get back to, to filming soon. So, um, but I think that was all the news uh, that we had for this week. It wasn't a ton, um, but we still I still want to cover it and still want to get it out as quickly as we can. We did, however, we did, however, have a very, very exciting interview uh earlier this week with a current um high republic author who is about to blow up all your high republic stuff because he's got books coming out like now like right now i believe uh one of them drops tuesday Tuesday, right comes out this tuesday the 29th Um, yeah that's is that the that's not the comic series that's the race to crash point Tower. Tower, correct. Yep. Um, he has written, he, he wrote for Star Wars previously, wrote Last Shot. Um, he's got uh, Race Crash Point Tower coming out in June. Also has editions of Adventures, uh, the Higher Public Adventures comic series coming out. Um, and then also High Republic Trail of Shadows. Uh, I think it's, it's Trail of Shadows. Mm-hmm, which is coming think, out later this year. Which is a little bit later this year. Um, but this gentleman is uh, one of the lead story architects for the High Republic. He is none other than Daniel Jose Older. And we were honored and privileged to have him on the show with us earlier this week. And this is our interview with Daniel. Hey, I'm Daniel Jose Older, and you are listening to Outer Rim Beacon. May the force be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great honor today to have a very special guest here to do an interview with us. The young, very talented uh, (laughs) fantasy YA author, editor, composer, teacher. uh, He's a jack of all trades, if you will. He does everything. He is about, uh, well, like right now, to blow up your Star Wars High Republic universe Welcome, Daniel Jose Older, everybody. <laughs> Daniel, Thank it you. is great to have you here. How are you doing today, sir? Great after that introduction. The resume is amazing, sir. It's uh it's a, a devout resume. I you, the thing I was impressed with when I, when I was looking at your page was you have classes on there. I do. You, you I are do. your teacher, you're a coach. Thank you for telling people that, because I often forget to tell people. <laughs> but I, I, do, I do have online writing classes posted through It's Knowable and it's Skillshare. And yeah. they do go into the fundamentals of uh, writing and deeper. And uh, I'm proud of those classes. So, yeah, people should take Very them. Nice. He is a master Yoda, if you will. He is passing on his te- his, I his learnings. That more than you would think. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, you're 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 one of the lead architects for uh, for what we are, have been receiving for the last couple months uh, in High Republic that that just came out. So, um, it is a great honor to have you on the show today. So we well, we are very very thankful. So. Take us back when, and you've you've been in the writing game for a little while now. Take us back to, uh, and I'm, I'm going to focus mostly on the the higher public stuff to start with because it's relevant. Take us back to when you first found out you were going to be writing for the higher public, and when you're going to be involved in the project. What, where were were where were you when you found out? What were you doing? What was your reaction? Take us back to that point. Sure. So you you know initially this wasn't the higher. Right. This was just mysterious, unnamed um, team. Project Luminous. Mm-hmm. Project Luminous, exactly, was the code name, and um, it was. I, but it was really obvious even from then that it was going to be something special. There was no question. Um, the way it happened for me was I was on tour for Dactyl Hill Squad, which is my middle grade mm-hmm. series about dinosaurs and the Civil War, 
because everybody knows that dinosaurs fought in the Civil War. They did. <laughs> I was in San Francisco, and I, I think Last Shot had come out a couple months before that. Um, and I hit up Mike Siglane, who's the head of um, Lucasfilm Publishing, or maybe he hit me up. Can't remember, but I was like, hey, I'm going to be in the city. Do you want to grab coffee or something like that? And he was like, well, actually, why don't you come to my office? There's something I want to talk to you about. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Which one like, of my What I do? Right? <laughs> no, I knew I wasn't in trouble, trouble, but I was curious. Obviously, um, their offices are one of my favorite places in the world. I love San Francisco, and I, I lived there when I was uh, in a, like a gap year between high school and college. And I worked at a place called Mel's Drive-In, which is actually a George Lucas based on a George Lucas um, franchise from um, American Graffiti. It's an all-night diner um, that they have in San Francisco, and I used to wait tables there on the graveyard shift. And it's down the street from the Presidio where Lucasfilm has their headquarters. So oh, wow. every time I go back, it's like this big moment for me. <laughs> like I go get breakfast at that spot, and then I, you know, and I just think about how far I've come since I was a weird, lonely teenager in San Francisco waiting tables, and now I get to come and like write Star Wars. So it's always a fun full circle moment. Um, but anyway, uh, Mike took me in his office and was like, "So you know, I have this idea." Basically, it's like you know that scene from Solo that they cut, but it was in the it was in the previews where Beckett is like I'm putting together a team, and everyone yeah, was like yeah, yeah. that moment it wasn't the movie, and it was like what the <laughs> that that's what that's Mike is Beckett Beckett, and um, he and I was like yes, but I was you know you don't say yes in the moment, and he knows that you know we have agents for a reason. And mm -hmm. to make sure the deal is right. So I was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> interested. Yes, this would be amazing. You know, so that he just kind of explained that that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to really carve out an era or an area of Star Wars. It wasn't mm -hmm. clear whether we would do a new era or not at that point still. But just some some corner of the galaxy for us to really play in and be able to, like, expand on and create a whole world around. And that was the idea. And I was like, I was in. All new stuff. Like, mm -hmm. whole whole new ball game, if you will. Like, you're, mm -hmm. you're creating, uh, I don't want to call it a new universe, because it's not a new universe. It's the same universe, but it's mm -hmm. it's almost like, I don't even know. It's it's free will to do whatever you want within the Star Wars universe and and make it work, and, and that's awesome. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine getting that call or getting that meeting saying, hey, we got a really top secret project that we want you to work on, and it might be related to Star Wars. It may yeah. or may not be related to Star Wars. So. Um, yeah, that's awesome, though. I, I, we've, we've read all the High Republic stuff so far. We're following along in the comics. Um, it's been, uh, it, it, the, I, would, I think we all agreed, the very first High Republic book that, that came out, when, when we read it, we were it was a lot of information to take in because, you know, when you, when you've been with all these star Wars characters for so long and you know who they are getting all of this new information at once in the first novel was a lot to take in. So you kind of have to like slow down and get all those characters and vehicles and uh, weapons and, and all of these things uh, all at once. So yeah, it was a lot. It was certainly a lot to take in. Uh, that's a great segue. And I had to say, I, I um, admire your restraint because I know if someone from Lucasfilm came to me and said, <laughs> would you dot, dot, dot Star Wars? I'd say, yes, I'll do it. Right. Like, no, <laughs> no negotiation. Just count right. me. Yes. But thank God. Um, it's really just having an agent and knowing that they would murder me if I said yes to something. <laughs> yeah. You kind of do get in the hang of it. I, I will say when I, when I first reached out, first, first reached out, it was for a short story um, and certain point of view anthology. And I know I responded to my agent at, with just a slew of, of, of curse words, and then it, it, by way of saying yes, but you know, of course X Y Z Y, you know, and he was like, maybe I'll just forward this email right to them and let them know just how excited you are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but you know, it, it is really important to, and that, that's what, it's hard coming to it as a fan, right? Like. These are all dream projects. These are particularly dream projects, you know, and you, but you also have to make sure that you're um, taken care of. But fortunately, mm -hmm. I am. Good. Good, yeah. good. So now that, I, now that I ruined Justin's segue, <laughs> um, so writing, for, writing in the High Republic, we're like exploring a new era, um, and that means new ships, new aliens, new species, new planets. Like, I'm just curious, like, 
what goes into creating something like that's completely new like that? How much free reign do you have? Like what, 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 what's that process like? Oh, uh, it, it always depends on the situation, right? So whatever it is, you're looking for that kind of balance that, that makes something feel Star Wars like, right? Star Wars, you don't want to um, bring pe- like pull people out of the galaxy far, far away and throw them back into this world because you're reading Star Wars to, for a Star Wars story, right? So it's like you don't want something that's that's too familiar, but you don't want something that's like totally so far out there that people can't wrap their heads around it either. Mm-hmm. And it really is just trying to find a balance that kind of speaks to that. Um, so and you're always going to be pulling references from things that we know, whether it's for the artist or to explain it on the page, or to explain it to story group, or whatever. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like taking that, and so, sometimes it'll literally just be, like, a, in our script recently, I was like, a character's drinking coffee, and making coffee, and I was like, you know, it, show a cafetera, which is what we make our coffee in, but make it Star Wars. <laughs> so then it's really up to the artist to figure out what that means, and make it Star Warsy. And, you know, it, so it depends. Like, Star Wars is always a team project, you know. It's really a great way for writers, I think, to take our egos out of it and just, you know, move forward. There are so many contributors. And comics is the best example of that because just by nature, that it's a team project, right, really mm-hmm. obviously. With prose, writers get a little more caught up in this idea that, like, it's us, right? But it's always a team. Even when it's not Star Wars, it's an editorial team, you know. But with Star Wars, it's, it's story group. It's so many other things. And then with the higher public specifically, you're connected to all these other people too and all these stories that are happening simultaneously. So it really is about that. But I will say one of the great pleasures of writing Star Wars is being able to like come up with new creatures and you know, you kind of like poke at it and prod it until it feels right. And and but that's always been my greatest joy in Star Wars is the creatures. Like as a Return of the Jedi kid, that was my first movie in a movie theater period. And that was my first Star Wars movie that I, you know, fell in love with the whole franchise from. So that's obviously like a very creature centric movie. And, mm-hmm. and that's always been like the heart of my Star Wars love. So I, every time I get a chance to, I'm just like, Oh, you need me to, no problem. You know, like I get that note. And that, that's what surprised me at last shot. One of their only notes on the book uh, when I was turning the outline was like, Oh, you know, you could, you can take us to some new planets. You don't have to hit the old ones that we've already been to. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you want me to write new Star Wars planets? No <laughs> problem. Say no more. <laughs> so I did. You know, and that's, that's the fun part. Like, they're, you know, it's a very, very big galaxy. And the storytelling should reflect that. Yeah. So you mentioned, so you kind of mentioned creating the new planets there. And that's a, that's a great uh, way to look. Like, when you're managing your writing process and you're, you're creating or, or doing something new, uh, with characters or information and very little background in your head, how do you walk through that process to go, Hmm, this planet is going to be predominantly all snow or this planet is Camino and it's going to be all rain and water. Or like, how do you create those things in your head? Like, do you draw from real life experiences or do you, it's just like, Hey, I would, this would be really cool to see. Uh, it's a little bit of both. It really is dictated by story, most of all. And by story, I mean actual story, not story group. Like, you know, it's the same way that if you're writing a story, you, you're also deciding the weather, you know, the environment that's happening. If it's a real world, this world story, um, you know, some of the things that are happening will be determined by what's going on in the story, in the in the plot, in the action. That That is, first and foremost, going to tell you what's going on behind them in the background, whether that's true politically or environmentally or what have you. So, you know, I always defer to the story. And if the story doesn't offer up any kind of, like, hints as to what it might need, then I just kind of, like, randomly pick something that, you know, we haven't seen for a while or, mm-hmm. you know, or sometimes I'm thinking down the road. You know, there's a planet that we see in the comics that we later find out in the in the middle grade book um, is decimated, basically. And the environment is dramatically changed. So knowing mm-hmm. that, I really wanted to make sure that it would be something that would stand out in stark contrast to what it became. Mm-hmm. Nice. Gotcha. Nice. Going back to what you were talking about with like the collaboration on comics, for instance, mm-hmm. who, who do I have to, to blame for making Martian Rowe so hot in the higher public <laughs> adventures? Is it you or Harvey? <laughs> you know, the funny answer to that, Justina pointed out on Twitter, and I have forgotten, but she's absolutely right. Because many people have asked that question. <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> Harvey, first of all, gets uh, some of the credit because he did draw the actual image. It's so good. <laughs> so good. And Harvey's just an incredible artist. Harvey's also responsible for Buckets of Blood being a Chagrin. That was Harvey's goal. Um, yeah, but it's really Charles. Charles is really the one who, as we were going through the 
concept art was like, no, make them hotter, make them hotter. Because <laughs> Thank you, Charles. <laughs> the world owes it. Thank you to Charles. So. I got that comic on the Friday before it released, and it was so hard for me not to scream at everybody I know, because like we have a whole little group chat um, oh, right. of us who love Martian. Uh, and I just had to be like, yep, just make sure you get that comic and read it before you come on Twitter. Oh, like, there's there's no reason. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was really happy with that. I came out, and uh, there was an original draft of everything where the face reveal was in episode uh, issue three or four. I can't remember which. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, uh, as I was writing five, I was like, no, it has to be here. And, like, we had to go back in and, like, change the art. Like, it was dramatic. Um, so shout out to the whole team, Rebecca Nalty um, and, awesome. and Harvey Tolerbaugh really were troopers with that. But it, it had to be where it was, and I'm glad that it worked out because it really, the whole arc just lands on that moment. It's you know? so good. Chef's mm -hmm. kiss. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Which I guess talking about comics and the dual POVs that you play with both in the uh, Race to Crash Point Tower and um, the comics, how do you handle kind of dueling POVs? Do you have like a specific place you write in your house for this character or that character or like a playlist you put on to get yourself back and forth in these like two different mindsets? Um, uh, no. <laughs> that's a really easy answer well but part of the reason that the answer is no is because I, that i have to do that type of heavy uh kind of mind shifting mm -hmm. more so for writing star wars and non-star wars like right now mm -hmm. I've, I've turned in a whole bunch of scripts and other things and i really um turning my focus towards some non-star wars work i'm doing and it's hard because it's star wars is so immersive and mm -hmm. it's so much fun. And it's very easy for my mind to just be in Star Wars. Like it's like resting Star Wars mind. So for that purpose, things like playlists are really important. Um, I had a very specific playlist that I listened to for different Star Wars projects, but also just mainly Star Wars stuff. And then the project I'm working on right now, which is Ballad and Dagger, uh, my next YA, which comes out mm -hmm. in May, um, that there's a playlist for that, and I really do use it to like focus my mind. I had to take down all the Star Wars pictures, not those, but the ones in front of me in my office, which are secret. You can't see them because they're about stuff that hasn't even been announced yet. Just turn the camera off. around the other way, real quick. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just take it down because I was I was working on Ballad and Dagger stuff, and my attention kept getting. And I was like, oh, I'll be thinking about Star Wars again. So you know, things like that, you do have to be really specific. But mm -hmm. to your dual. Um, Point of view question, uh, which is a good one because I do think that is such a fundamental part of just writing in general, but especially, particularly the first arc of um, Higher Public Adventures and, and definitely Race to Crash Point Tower. Um, it does require you to sort of require you to sort of pause, but just like with the other answer, it's really story driven, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. what, especially in a novel, it's like whose point of view are we going to to move the to, to move the story forward? What's you know who's the next logical person that we need to whose head we need to be in in order to get where we're going. And, and what are they thinking about? What are they dealing with? And, you know, sometimes that's just a quick check-in. I know these characters so well at this point. Like, they're really good friends. And so it's just like being like, hey, what's going on with you? You know, let's see what's, what's happening here, you know. And what I'm really excited about is moving forward with the Higher Public Adventures series. We really get to focus on Farzala and... I'm so Hoover. ready for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that's coming up. Uh, Farzala in the next two and then Court a little more after that. Um, and that's exciting because they, they, they are sort of sidekicks at this point. You know, mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not the primary focus, but I love them deeply. And they, they clearly have a lot of story behind them and a lot mm -hmm. to tell. And so we get, there's a lot to find out. I'm curious what the what the music playlist is now for Star Wars. Is it like all John Williams? Is there Ludwig Göransson in there? Is it the droids theme? Like when that it's starts? All, it's all, it's actually trip hop. Oh, yeah, it's, nice. It's not what you would typically necessarily expect. There's a lot of um, drum and bass and different things like that. Yeah, it's, it's hey, not all, um, you know. Whatever works to keep churning out amazing Star Wars content, keep like, it up. Like, if, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. That's awesome. That. Um, and then I guess while we're still talking about the High Republic adventures, um, I know that you had tweeted out about uh, Lula and the race to Crash Point Tower and her having the silky uh, head 
wrap, um, which I thought was just so great when I was reading it. My co-host haven't read it yet, but I just like, I stopped and I was like, this is great. This is what happens when you have both diverse people writing stories and in the stories. And I just wondered what it has been like for you as an author, seeing a lot of Star Wars fans finally seeing themselves in Star Wars and how that's kind of felt, I guess. Oh, it's, that's so uh, amazing. You know, that's a big part of why I do this. Like, it's uh-huh. because, like, I just don't think people should have to look for themselves or translate themselves, you know, or, like, pretend that those characters are look more like them than they do or anything else, you know? So I think that's what's so exciting about, you know, this era of Star Wars, and not just the High Republic era itself, but just this era of Star Wars writing across the board. You just It's so much more representative of the world, and that's what it should be. You know, that's what it's always promised to be and wanted to be and hasn't always lived up to that promise so it's exciting to be part of getting it to live up to that promise you know and then especially just yeah seeing the fan reaction people just being like amazed at the I think it's in the nuances of culture and the smaller moments that we really can like kind of like connect sometimes Mm -hmm. and that's always tricky because again just like with creating new creatures you don't want to pull people out of the galaxy far from, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to kind of like fall into that trap of like the false weird neutrality kind of like yes. norm, which is often really just means white, right? And that's not, yep. that's not right. So um, in the sense of like, it's not right that the norm should be one culture or another. So, exactly. yes. you know, so I think it's important to like touch on the things that still make it feel, make them feel human without necessarily making them feel earthly human. And, and some of yeah. those are, are touchstones that we can all understand. And some of them are touchstones that only some of us can understand. And that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the little things that count. Exactly. We're getting a, a ton of diversity, not just in the Jedi, but in, in the Nihil as well, because they're right. all different they come from everywhere. They're different people. Oh, They're, and that's the cool thing is like, uh-huh. hey, there's more characters now that you can associate with, whether it's Jedi, Nihil, whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. There's a huge galaxy with a lot of different places and people. And there, it doesn't need to be all a bunch of white dudes. Like, let's, <laughs> let's, Pretty much. Pretty much. let's vary it up a little bit, people. Yeah. Excellent. Um. I guess that was my other question about TikTok. Um, you're like the only Star Wars author that's on TikTok, and I think that's so great. Um, do you think that it's helping to reach like Gen Z <laughs> to get them hype about the higher public? As it turns out, uh, what I found is that Gen Z is already extremely hype. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. That makes me happy. I know that Gen Z loves Clone Wars. That's like 90% yeah. of my feed on my For You page. That's true. That's true. No, people are really hype about it. I mean, I, I, I the, the content... On, on TikTok around Star Wars is so impressive to me. Like um, those folks are just really doing like smart, funny, weird, intelligent takes on so many different mm-hmm. st- you know concepts. Whether it's like just straightforward, like them just talking about something that they think is interesting, or it's like a whole skit, you know, or just like lightsaber duels. Like they're really good at it, and it's great. You know, I t- I always say like <laughs> Twitter thinks I'm a TikTok king, but TikTok is like, who are you? <laughs> I am 41. So like, you know, I'm just a guest on TikTok. It is, it is the 20 and teens world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think it's, it's a fun medium. And I think that was fun. Uh, I think it's a really fun medium to, to, it's a really playful medium and I enjoy that aspect of it. And it's a great way to, Sometimes, honestly, to be quite honest with you, I get tired of typing because I type so much. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love Twitter, and it's very easy for me to just dash off a tweet and keep it moving, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like making a whole video and making myself look pretty and everything. But um, sometimes it's just nice to talk and like talk through ideas and, and content. Mm-hmm. And TikTok does allow for a different level of nuance than Twitter um, because you can fit more words into a minute than you can into, you know, 280 or whatever. Yeah. 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 Very nice. All right, going to switch gears a little bit and head back in time a little bit. Um, so I'm a huge fan of uh, like the book side of Star Wars and especially uh, audiobooks. I'm always I'm driving all the time, and so right. um, you were actually part of the voice cast on on Last Shot. Yeah. And I feel like that's not very normal for like an author to. I mean, obviously, like if not in Star Wars, it's not very normal for. And I was just wondering, like how you got that opportunity and how that kind of came about. And then like, what was the process like? Sure. Um, probably goes back to me being a theater nerd in high school. 
Yes. Um, yeah, because, you know, those are the best nerds besides Star Wars nerds. So, I, you know, performance is something I always have understand, understood sort of intrinsically and enjoyed. Uh, I did a lot of improv in college, which I, I always tell my students, actually, my writing students, to take an improv class or some kind of theater class. It's really fundamental. You don't have to, like, perform besides for your class, but it really does change how you write when you perform. Um, mm -hmm. Again, just in a small way, like not, it doesn't have to be in front of any kind of crowd, um, but it, it transforms your experience of creativity. And it's really important. I learned a lot as an actor about writing. And so I had that sort of under my belt. I did the, my first um, adult trilogy is called The Bone Street Roomba, and I did the audiobooks for that. Uh, so I had experience doing audiobooks. So from there, it was pretty straightforward, just passing along a demo reel of of my work and they were like, yeah, great, you know, so I really enjoyed it. And the process was really fun. I always enjoy it. It's, I always think of writing as a primarily as an oral tradition first, um, mm -hmm. even though it is something we sit down and write it, the roots of writing are, are absolutely in, in speaking and in talking and telling stories. So, uh, and that's something I really um, adhere to when I write, you know, whether I'm writing first person or third person, it's still, all about telling stories and the, and the voice and the way words sound uh, as we speak them. So I, I just love reading out loud. You know, it's fun for me. I try to read everything mm -hmm. I wrote out loud at some point before it goes to print, um, just so I know how it sounds and to catch all those little errors and everything. Mm -hmm. now you've, you've covered a lot of ground from High Republic with all new stuff to last shot with expanding on stories of characters that already existed in the Star Wars universe. Uh, towards the beginning, you said you were a big uh, Return of the Jedi fan. Is that if you could write for any character in the Star Wars universe, who would it be and why would you do it? Um, I don't know. It's hard because, and I get this question all the time and I should have a good answer, but the truth is like, I'm, I'm <laughs> really like living the Star Wars dream right now. So there's, there's no like, there isn't really a bucket list, you know, no pun intended. Like, I truly just like, these are, I love writing original characters and I love being able to blend them with old characters. You know, having Yoda in the High Republic Adventures has been a pure joy, um, obviously. Um, and that's the, that's kind of the sweet spot is like just being able to like come up with new characters and have them hang out with people we know and love, including, you know, like in the, in the upcoming um, sequences in High Republic Adventures, we get, um, um, Geode and Leox and Affy from um, Into love the Darkness, which is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, and, so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I love like getting to write like my friends' characters is also really mm -hmm. fun. So it's all just kind of like throwing different characters into the mix. I will say like I've always loved the underworld aspect of Star Wars. Forlom and Zuckus were never on my bucket list, um, but the general kind of scoundrels of the galaxy always were. So mm -hmm. when I first wrote them in um, from a certain point of view, too, the Empire Strikes Back one. I, was, I feel like I was really still trying to figure them out, which is why so much of that story is actually focused around a, a whole other character who we meet in Last Shot, or who's re related to someone we meet in Last Shot. Um, and they're there, but they're not sort of the focus of the story. But writing this recent uh, Marvel one-off, one-shot, that's part of the World of the Bounty Hunters um, mm -hmm. series, really, I, I feel like I really got into their heads <laughs> in a way that I never expected to <laughs> because they're insects. Um, and also just, they're just sort of hard to crack. Like we see them on screen for however many seconds and they don't speak and like, mm -hmm. there's not, you know, there is more material, but, um, there's not a lot about them. And so it was really actually a fun challenge and I'm really, really happy that I got to write them twice, which is something not many people have done <laughs> and I didn't yeah. expect to do, but it was great to kind of like get a, get a shot at them and then get another shot and see like how my understanding of them kind of grew the, the next time around. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, speaking of uh, you know characters that maybe haven't been delved into a whole lot, um, I read online that you're really into uh, dubacks since you were a child, <laughs> and I was just wondering if you could tell us you know what it is about dubacks that you know captured your heart and your imagination. <laughs> of course, I think as a kid, like the first most obvious answer is just like you know they're dinosaurs. Like mm -hmm. makes sense. Most kids love dinosaurs. I certainly did. Um, and they're also just so cool. And, you know, the first Star Wars, and we're talking about the original version of it now, not the re, not the mm -hmm. redone. Special redone. edition stuff. Special yeah. edition. Well, the first, first, first original version of A New Hope um, didn't have that many creatures, right? It had the cantina scene. They were mostly humanoid. Um, and then, it, you know, it had the, um, the Dianaga 
Dinaga, um, which we just called the Trash Monster, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like Return of the Jedi, for instance. So when we did have those monsters, those were like the coolest parts for me. I was, like I said, already a monster person because I had seen Return of the Jedi first, um, and I was always just on the lookout for more monsters. And there were some, but they those dobacks are in the background, like especially in that original version. It's it basically like pans past them. And that's it. It's literally just a few quick seconds of these amazing creatures that are being, um, you know, used as, as beasts of burden by the stormtroopers. And, like, that makes them even more interesting. They're not just wild animals. They're right. part of, like, culture and society, right? I just found that so fascinating. Um, we did have an action figure of one, but I don't remember being called a do-bag. It might have said it on the box. I don't know. But that's the kind of stuff you find out later when there's an internet around, you know, mm-hmm. before all that. So I just thought they were amazing. And then growing up, like, as I became a writer and everything else, to me, they've always actually symbolized, like, the power of really good world building in Star Wars. The fact that you have such an incredible creation just be, like, a background thing, basically. But there's a sense that there's a much larger world at play. There's a, there's all these creatures, and, and, you know, it's almost a flex just to, like, show this thing for a quick second and then keep it moving. So mm-hmm. I, I find that fascinating. I think that's one of the things we love about Star Wars is the feeling that there's a bigger world at play. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, the obvious thing to do was give that love of Dubacks to the first Star Wars character that I created, Sardis Ramson, the disaffected, disgruntled stormtrooper who runs off into the desert. Who I will tell you, yes. we will be hearing more from Sardis. Oh, really? And that is exclusive to your show. Ooh. There you go, folks. Sardis, we are not done with Sardis. Awesome. For those of you who remember, he shows up briefly in Last Shot as well. Um, as a younger man, it kind of like, you know, it has, he was like a busted kind of wannabe bounty hunter for a little mm-hmm. while. Mm-hmm. And then he became a stormtrooper. And that's how we meet him. <laughs> we meet him in his last days of being a stormtrooper and from a certain <laughs> point of view. And we'll just have to see what happens next. But there is more Sardis ahead. This is the, like Very part nice. three of the trilogy coming up. Then mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we had the, the first, the second, and then here's the, here's the third episode in the trilogy. That's awesome. I love Everything's got to be a trilogy. I know it just it makes more sense. It completes things. Yes. So I didn't know you were going to give us that exclusive, but I had planned to ask for another one. <laughs> um, so in your upcoming book, Race to Crash Point Tower. We know that they're, the Republic Fair is a thing. And I'm just wondering, at the Republic Fair, do they serve, like, Gundark ears or, like, deep-fried puff cake? Like, do they, you know, yes. what kind of fair food is there at the well, that's Republic that's it. That's what you said. Exactly that. Oh, all right. <laughs> we, we had this whole discussion, I think, uh, on one of the shows uh, a little bit ago on the puffer pigs and, you know, Oh, How no. do you start, like when it's inflated versus not inflated? And is, is, it, like it, bacon, is it like a pork rind when it's inflated or bacon? Like we had this huge discussion on it and it was, it was crazy. Uh, but yes, the fair foods are always an important aspect of, of any, any good fair. Uh, yes. It's a must have. So um, I know we're getting close on our time here with you. Uh, you know, we want to be cognizant of that. We do have, we have one final question. The most is, important question. Yes, this is probably the hardest question that you will ever get on any <laughs> interview, any podcast, live interview, wherever. And I'm sorry I have to ask it. The all important question is is it ADAT or ATAT? It's obviously ADAT. Oh, yes. Daniel, come yes. on, man. <laughs> Obviously. Every child in the 80s knows that. That's all I have to say. Real ones Love know. That. Love Perfect that. answer. See, that's, 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 totally I'm the only right. ATAT guy the on only this podcast. Yes. Because you're young. <laughs> yeah, I'm 35. I remember the, I, but in the, in the oh, audiobook, yeah. they say ATAT. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a constant debate on this show. Uh, we we throw up the question every once in a while on the Twitter to basically just kind of reiterate to Josh that it is at at and not actually at at. Um, we got to keep him in check uh, every once in a while. But uh, I appreciate that answer. I know it's it's a super hard question, um, but I am so happy that you answered that. So, um, Daniel, what uh, what what would you now that we, we're wrapping things up? What would you like to promote? What do you got coming up? What uh, what do you want to get out there for the people uh, that we have listening? 
Um, let's see. Well, on the Star Wars front, uh, Race to Crash Point Tower comes out on Tuesday. Um, so and good. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Maggie. It's a middle grade <laughs> adventure in the High Republic era, and it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed writing it. I'm excited for people to read it. There's a lot of cool cameos. There's a lot of... Uh, I think one of the things I'm most proud about, about with that book is that some it get, amidst all the shootouts and chases, there's some really deep and complex conversations about the Force and about being a member of the Jedi Order and growing up in a tumultuous time. And um, that's what's great about Star Wars to me, you know, is that we can have these laser fights and we can also have these deep conversations. So I'm proud of the book. Um, the Star Wars, the High Republic Adventures comic series is ongoing every month. Uh, you can find it at your comic book shop. Uh, the next issue is a Farzala story. Um, and I'm excited about it. And, of course, the crew from the vessel is there in court. And a new Jedi that we will meet, um, Farzala's master, who hmm. uh, likes to take naps. That's all I'm going to say. Like the best Jedi. Uh, doesn't then, like a good nap. Yeah, that, uh, I also have a Marvel mini coming out, uh, mini series coming out in the fall called Trail of Shadows. It's a detective story related to the whole saga of the Howard Public. Um, and then in my non-Star Wars work, um, Flood City is my last middle grade novel. It came out in February. It's definitely something that Star Wars fans will love. It's very fast-paced, fun adventure, sci-fi uh, type story with kids saving the world and all that stuff. So nice. pick that up. Um, I have a young adult novel called Ballad and Dagger that I was just talking about. It comes out from Rick Riordan's uh, imprint at uh, Hyperion Books in May. And it's woo, it's an urban fantasy about gods and pirates and saints and all kinds of things. So uh, definitely cool. look for that. It's um, easiest to find on my pinned tweet, actually. <laughs> but now at Twitter, I'm at DJ Older. On TikTok, I'm at Daniel Jose Older. And on Instagram, I'm at Daniel Jose One. And then your your page is what, it's DanielJoseOlder.net, is that right? Thank you. Yep, DanielJoseOlder.net. You can find all my books. You can find a blog about when I was a paramedic. Um, you can find some writing tips, and the classes that you mentioned mm-hmm. are all linked on that page, uh, DanielJoseOlder.net. Yes. Excellent. You are a very, very busy man, and we certainly appreciate even the little amount of time that we had with you today. Uh, I'm super excited for everything that you've got coming up. We've been following High Republic uh, since day one, since it came out. Um, Maggie's always like five years ahead of us and reading everything, so we have to catch up with her. But um, we have, have enjoyed reading it. It's been so much fun to get these new characters and new stories into Star Wars and bring in new young blood uh, into the Star Wars Buckets universe. Buckets of young blood. Buckets, Buckets of young blood. blood. There you go. That's just for healing. For healing. I can't believe you made the, the name even scarier. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but it's uh, it's been a pleasure to have you today, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Um, and hopefully we will get to talk to you again soon, um, sure. maybe after some of these releases, and see what other sneak peeks we can get down the pipeline a little bit <laughs> later on. Sounds good. All right, y'all. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Well, we here at Outer Rim Beacon hope that you guys enjoyed our interview with Daniel Jose Older. Super, super cool guy to talk to. It was real laid back. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was such fun. (laughs) He was so fun. He was really friendly. Um, Just a super fun guy to talk to. Uh, You know, we did get a a scoop. We we did get a little bit of... um, a little bit of a tease there, uh, that an exclusive, if you will, that nobody else is getting. He that was an himself, orb was official. An that was an orb was exclusive. An orb official exclusive that you have not seen uh, the last of Sardis from a certain point of view. Dun dun dun. Um, which I mean, do with it what you will. I have theories already. I, I know, I know. I'm like formulating stuff in my head, so that's super. I think super that cool. bounty hunter mentioned was like a key, like a clue. Mm. Maybe he shows Wait. up in Bad Batch. Just kidding. Yes, we actually got two scoops. Second scoop was the 
type of fair food at the Republic Fair. This is true. Yep. Fanfic, fanfic writers, you got your answers. This is what they're eating at the Republic Fair. Yes. Yep. Gun dark ears with cinnamon on top. Sounds mm. delicious. Coming soon <laughs> to Black Spire near you. Who's strong enough to pull those ears off is what I want to know. They How have Wookie. Know? They have Wookies for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, and then you can get puffer pig like bacon dipped in chocolate. That sounds, sounds delightful delicious. to me. A little salty, a little sweet. Do you think they serve that with ice cream? A la mode, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. It gets the ice cream like melty come the warm bacon. Oh, that sounds delightful. All right, I'm hungry now. I don't know about anybody. Um, and oh, before I forget, we got another vote for Adat. This is the best true. Part. I mean, Team Adat. Just killing it over here. Team Adat just absolutely wrecking Josh. Josh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, super, super cool interview. Um, if you haven't gone out to follow Daniel, he's a super cool follow. Um, he mentioned all of his Twitters and his sites um, in the interview. So please go out, check him out. Um, Honestly, he does one offer, of my favorite people I follow. Yeah, he does offer writing classes, like writing tips and tricks and classes too on his site, which Still is super cool. Yeah. Um, so go check him out. Um, go read the High Republic stuff. We've been like into all the High Republic stuff as it's been Love coming some out. High Republic. Yeah. Um, so I know we're going to be going through all of these as well, um, and very very excited to get to that. So Daniel, thank you for for joining us. It was it was a great honor to have you on, and hopefully uh, as more new High Republic stuff comes out or other Star Wars stuff that you're working on comes out, we can get involved in that too and, and have you back on. And a huge thank you to uh, Disney Books and Lucasfilm for making that interview possible. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, my name's Justin. You can find me at I am the Bendu. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh, and I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. This is Kyle, and you can find me on all the social medias at KB underscore Legend. And this is Maggie. You can follow me on Twitter at Maggie of the Town. You can follow Outer Rim Beacon at all of the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us outerrimbeacon at gmail.com. We love you guys. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Have a great day. As always, may the force be with you. The Nile are right. For light and life. Make him hotter. Buckets of blood. Buckets of blood. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.